evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, welcome to the internet's most sophisticated wrestling podcast, discussing the weekly aspects of it all, right here on The Bald Monkey Wrestling Podcast. Now we are here. I am checking my audio levels. We should be good. Welcome in. Welcome to the people hanging out in the chat to the Bald Monkeys podcast. Very special night. It's tag team night. And we're going to have folks trickling in. But to start, we have two gentlemen with me right now. Ricky Gibson of Four Minutes of Heat. Hi, Ricky. How's it going? Hello. And then this guy down here, you might know from Ring of Honor. It's Brian, Brian, uh, something about like beating people up and drinking beer. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue, Brian. I can't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brian Malonis. <laughs> That's it. Brian Malonis, my friend. How are you tonight? I'm good, man. I'm here. Ready to chat. We really appreciate you coming to hang out. Um, we have some other guests popping in eventually, uh, but figured why not come into the chat, see who's hanging out. I saw wrestling with the MMA in the chat. I saw a couple other people roaming around. Uh, but tonight's going to be focused on tag team wrestling. But because I have a little bit of time, we're going to find out a little more about Brian Malonis. And we're going to find right. out where you, Brian, started and what a young Brian Malonis was like. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm not all that different um, at 39 than I was probably at like nine years old. Uh, I like sports. I like wrestling. That's about <laughs> that's about it. But uh, now I was I was a big fan. Uh, grew up uh, in the Northeast in New Hampshire, so WWF territory, Hulkamania, all that all that good stuff. And um, got my start. Uh, I had a buddy who. Uh, he had signed up for Killer Kowalski school when we were in high school. And I used to go just kind of tag along and watch and just be in awe of it. And uh, when I was 19 turning 20, uh, finally decided to to give it a go to sign up. And in 2001, all the way back in 2001, right after, right after WCW and ECW went out of business, I said, you know what? That is an industry that I want to get into because there's less <laughs> jobs than there's ever been. Uh, <laughs> you know? um, yeah, so I jumped in there, started with uh, chaotic wrestling, uh, chaotic training, so like Killer Kowalski School of Pro Wrestling. Um, I mean, uh, pretty good class of guys that all, all of us came up together, myself, uh, Ivar, the Viking Raiders, uh, Tommaso Ciampa from NXT, uh, Kofi Kingston's out of there, Sasha Banks is out of there, Oni Lorcan's out of there. Uh, I, I mean, uh, Aaron Stevens, who was in WWE for a spell, came out of there. So it's a pretty good, it's a pretty damn good list of uh, people I was able to come up with, train with, 
uh, and even trained a couple of them. Yeah, very cool. And then Ricky, to remind the guests what young Ricky was like, because we still want to hear about young Ricky because we miss young Ricky. We haven't, he hasn't been around for a little while. He's been busy out in the West coast. We have, we have both coasts here tonight so far. We've covered the East and the West. So, so Ricky, what was young Ricky Gibson like? Uh, Exact same, man. When I was, uh, when I was growing up, it was, I wasn't into sports though. That was the only thing I've never really been a fan of, of other sports. It's, it's just been wrestling. Now I appreciate other sports. Like it's, uh, like I, I could definitely watch like a best of basketball, football, like, like the, the incredible plays you see there. Like, I love it. And I appreciate that a lot, but I've never been into following it at all. Uh, but all wrestling. Uh, and when I was growing up, Oregon was completely dead. There was no schools at all. Uh, like 13, 12, 13, 14, I would sit and, and Google, or maybe it was Yahoo at the time. I would uh, try to search for a wrestling school. And the closest thing to me was uh, like Southern California, which was APW. Uh, so it wasn't until I was 16 that I finally like found a school. Uh, and uh, much like Brian, uh, very famous school, which is not true at all. There was no one there that you would have known uh, <laughs> that, that, uh, that came out of there. Um, I heard a guy, cool. I downtown. heard a guy, Ricky Gibson came out of there. There was a guy yes, named Ricky that's, Gibson. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> uh, no, it was pretty cool. Uh, it was the, the owner's name was Tito and he wrestled for uh, like all over Puerto Rico. And uh, he wrestled for WWWF uh, years ago. Um, but uh, it was downtown Hillsboro. So it was real close to where uh, Roddy Piper lived. So on occasion, he would come by and, uh, and check it out. And like, he was always doing something for like filming a commercial or something. Uh, so like, we got to hang out with him a little bit and get some pointers there. But I was really the only the only person you would ever know that's, <laughs> that's been through Tito's. Uh, but yeah, since then, it's, you know, I try to hit up every school that I possibly can and learn as much as I can. Now, as you guys are going through both of your careers, tag team wrestling becomes an opportunity that you guys both have seen. Uh, Brian, starting with you, how did tag team wrestling kind of present itself through your career? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I did up until I got to Ring of Honor. I was probably 95% a singles guy uh, my entire career. I didn't work a lot of, you know, random tag teams here and there, but nothing you know, I was ever, that was ever notable or anything like that on the Indies. I just was mostly always a, always a singles wrestler. Um, how it came about ring of honor was just, uh, I'd been the top prospect tournament. Um, and I'd been around for a little bit. They would use me different spots here and there. Um, and, and ironically I wrestled, uh, the beer city bruiser, um, in uh, Lowell, Massachusetts in a match and people kind of like a light bulb kind of went off and people said, were like, you know, because uh, he was with Silas Young, mm-hmm. and Silas was doing his own thing, and Bruiser was always like this sort of tag along, you know, um, with Silas, and they weren't doing a lot of tag stuff. But Ring of Honor was just introducing the six man titles at the, at that point, so they were looking for to do some trios. So that's how I kind of got lumped with uh, Bruiser and, and Silas. You know, they thought they thought I would pair well with them. They saw the chemistry me and Bruiser had. And then from there, like Silas was doing, is still doing his own thing. And they decided to kind of pull the trigger on us, uh, you know, leaving him and, and going off on our own and, uh, you know, trying to be the bouncers. So it, it's really, 
it's funny. It's um, it's really only been a big part of my career, you know, in the last three or four years or so. Um, but prior to that, it just, you know, I didn't, I didn't do a ton of it. So believe it or not, it's kind of funny how life works that way. Yeah. Well, an opportunity presented itself and you took advantage of it. That's really what all wrestling, I think, careers have come down to being ready for whatever that next opportunity is. If it's a singles wrestler, if it's a tag wrestler, if it's a valet, who knows what it might be. But jump at that opportunity to get yourself out there and, and put yourself in some product that you can show them that you're bigger than what you start out as. So yeah, I mean it's just getting opportunity. You know, and I mean everybody kills for that opportunity to be on TV, get a chance to do that. So, um, you know, whatever whatever it was, you know, I wasn't going to turn it down. You know, <laughs> you know that's what I've waited. I had waited my entire career for to have an opportunity. So I was like, sure, like that sounds that sounds great. Let's roll with it. Ricky, how about your story? So you you were wrestling for a while as a singles wrestler, and I believe you had some other opportunities come up in tag teams before you found Four Minutes of Heat. Yeah, well, first I tried to be a valet, but that opportunity wasn't there. So, uh, yeah, I stuck with wrestling, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, not, I not tag- the car driver valet, like the actual like oh, manager. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, man, I. Uh, I did it all as well. So I started in, uh, in 2004 and, uh, it was like, you know, a couple indie shows, a, a month kind of thing, uh, wrestled a lot of singles, but probably more tag matches than, than singles matches in my life. But so many of them were just with like random people. When I say that Oregon is dead, I mean that Oregon's like dead. Uh, so like there's been, there's been a handful of good talent throughout Oregon. And then there's been a lot of like the mediocre stuff. Uh, and uh, I finally got uh, a break to do a little bit of singles down in, uh, in Vegas when Paragon Pro Wrestling came about. Uh, and that was, it was a blast, but it was also like right around the time when uh, Eddie Pearl was starting to train. Uh, and, and then like we became pretty much best friends, like inseparable. And uh, like I had him hop in the car when, when I was driving down to California one day. And uh, that was pretty much it. Like we, we, pretty much been inseparable since then and uh tags like the thing for us like you said it, when the opportunity is there uh there's been a, a lot of of companies that have reached out like hey we need a good tag team because tag team's tough like it's it's tough to find two guys that look like each other that work together well uh that are, they have a good chemistry there and and not just two guys that are thrown together because anyone can throw together two guys to make a team. Um, and sometimes it works and sometimes it just doesn't. But uh, man, when, when we found out how well we worked together and, uh, and how well we could make it work as a team, like that's, that was it. It's interesting. You talk about looking like each other because it's, I think tag teams started in that world back in the day. And now it almost seems like tag teams are kind of getting just pieced together and, they're trying to just find two guys that have a lot of talent and putting them together to see if they become a tag team or, or see if they have some chemistry. Sure. It's, it's very different than what I remember growing up as the Bushwhackers, the Rockers, Demolition, uh, Legion of Doom, uh, the Smoking Guns, these guys that looked like each other, like dressed like each other, mm-hmm. wrestled like each other. And I don't think we have a lot of that and it shows when those tag teams come out and show their face in, the, in a promotion, you go, Oh, cool. An old school tag team. And everyone I think kind of gravitates to that. 
I think I think sometimes it works really well. Uh, there, there's been great examples of tag teams that are you wouldn't picture them together. Uh, but I, I think you're right. Like when I think of of like the the well-known tag teams, it's always like they kind of look the same. Yeah. Funny story about that though. Like Eddie and I kind of look like each other. Like we both had mullets for a while. I clearly don't anymore. But yeah, uh, he has he has a uh, very dark hair, very dark brown. I have a very light blonde, uh, natural color. I have a lot of facial hair. He does not grow facial hair at all. I have a big tattoo on my back, and he has no tattoos. When we were uh, when we first started teaming together, he was actually my my roadie, um, so he was just my manager at the time. And uh, D'Lo Brown was the uh, the agent of those shows, and he really wanted us to do uh, Twin Magic, where uh, <laughs> I would get hit with something big, I'd roll out of the ring, he would roll in, and then uh, like take advantage, like pin the guy or whatever. And it was the funniest thing because I had black boots, he had white boots, and all of the other differences between us. But for some reason, in Dilo's mind, it worked perfect. <laughs> it no was one amazing. will ever see it coming. <laughs> right? <laughs> all right. Well, let's take a quick breather right now. I want to talk about a couple things. But first, we have to welcome in another guest. It looks like Vintage Dream. One of our Monkey Nation members is in the waiting room. Let's let Vintage in. Vintage, I can hear you trying to get in. I can see a picture. Vintage is here. I'm here. I live. (laughs) And right behind Vintage is our other Monkey Nation member. Val Pancakes is on the call, too. And Val's sideways. Val's coming in sideways hot. Here we go. (laughs) So everybody, welcome Val and Vintage to the room. We're already here with Ricky. We're already here with Ryan. (laughs) And right behind Vintage and Val, and I'm going to have to change his name for him. So (laughs) hang tight. Yo. Oh, God, this guy, huh? What's up, Ryan? (laughs) What's up, buddy? All of a sudden... We're going six wide. <laughs> well, I can't count. It's actually three and three, but hey, what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so amazingly, perfect timing. We were just talking about tag team wrestling, how we got into tag team wrestling. I'm going to do a quick put over for what we're doing here today. So here at the, welcome to the Bald Monkeys podcast. If you've never watched it before, we're a couple of guys and lately a couple of gals that hang out and talk to Indies wrestlers and try to put them over as much as they deserve. Um, What we're trying to do over the next 12 days is support Indies wrestling and support some of our alumni, like our good friend here, Ricky Gibson. Um, So what we're doing is you can go in our chat. We got a donate button. You can donate and all that money at the end will go to Indies wrestlers. We have 12 wrestlers on the list. Go check it out. And, uh, Support these guys that have been busting their hump all year. A tough year for indie wrestling. But I think one of the best years of indies wrestling we've ever seen. Because of how you guys had to overcome and put on a different product all year long. So, Mr. Bear. is that Should I call you Mr. Bear? Is that is that fair? You can call me whatever you want. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Bear is fine. Or, or just Bear. Or Joe. Whatever you, whatever you like. So, Bronze Bear of Bear Country. Yes. Who amazingly just had a match, I believe, on AEW Dark. Yeah, that's actually why I'm late. I was I was just watching it. Uh, I wanted to catch it quick. 
because uh, we was it opened the show. Um, but yeah. Well, we congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Uh, always excited to see guys getting an opportunity. Um, always excited to see tag teams getting an opportunity. And it, it's fun to see some of the different tag teams like Top Flight and now Bear Country on AEW Dark. So hopefully we'll see more of you in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much. But what I missed. So we're talking a little bit about where people begin. So Brian's given kind of his beginning. Ricky's reminded us where he started. So Mr. Bear, I would uh, like to find out what was a young little bear like? <laughs> so, I mean, like, how far back are we going here? Like, just start of, like, wrestling or start of, like... You're a kid. You're a little cub. All right. Well, I mean, I've been watching wrestling for as long as I could remember, honestly, because it was always around my family. Uh, my grandma was actually a huge fan. Um, but, yeah, it was just something I always grew up around. And while everybody else kind of moved on, I always stayed. Like, cause my, both my brothers are huge hockey guys. They, they're crazy, amazingly talented hockey players. But, uh, I always just, uh, for me, it was always wrestling. And like, I played football in high school and stuff like that, but I was never really interested in anything else besides wrestling. Um, and then, yeah. And then I finally got my start in, uh, 2015 at creative pro wrestling, uh, in Long Island, on Long Island, uh, under Brian Myers, uh, also known as Kurt Hawkins and Pat Buck. So there's some important questions that come out of there and I'll let vintage and Val jump in with wrestling questions, but I need to know who's your favorite hockey team. Ooh. The Rangers, New York Rangers. All right. So it was a great night, everybody. Uh, enjoy uh, the rest of your evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. A Ranger yeah, fan. Awesome. Oh, that's, dude, yeah. That's, oh, yeah, man. How, how does that, how does that happen? How do you become a Ranger fan with all the failure that the Rangers had to deal with until 1994. Hold on. Hold on here. What fan are we? I mean, what are you talking as? Like, I, what are you? I may or may not be a New Jersey <laughs> devil fan. I may oh, or may God. not be a I'm New like, Jersey devil this, fan. I'm like, is this an Islander fan trying to tell me right now? No, like, no. What? I was like, what's going on? Here? Get that dirt <laughs> off of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, devil's cool. That's cool. I got you. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. We'll have, but, um, to we'll have to trade hockey stories maybe after we start. Let's talk. Let's keep it to tag team wrestling for now, but we'll trade hockey stories on, a, on another Well, I time. can't tell you much anyway, because both my brothers are the hockey guys. I'm like, yeah. I, I enjoy going and drinking at the games and having a good time. Like, I'm not that's, like. That's a hockey story. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah. So let's get more into tag team wrestling. Vintage, I know you had a couple things lined up. I'd love to kind of hear your take on a couple of hot topic items when it comes to tag team wrestling. Well, where should I start? Um, the biggest thing that I wanted to know from each of you is how do you guys feel about the Freebird rule coming back, uh, especially mainstream wrestling? And do you think that a lot of different companies should go to a three-man belt or should they just keep it as a tag team with, with the rule of Freebirds? I think when it's appropriate, I think it's cool. You know, like the New Day doing it, and I think that I think that's been I think that's been a pretty cool thing. Um, it's one of those things. Though, I think if 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 it started to become more frequent, or too many teams did it, it becomes another one of those cliche cheap things that doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot if uh, too many people are doing it. Yeah, I yeah, agree with that. Sorry, right. no, you go, Ricky. 
Yeah, I'll chime in real fast. Uh, I think that it worked really well with the Freebirds because they worked so well together. Uh, before you guys hopped on here, uh, Brian, Chris, and I were talking about how it's a uh, it's almost tough to find teams that work well together anymore. Like to find two guys that work so well together. So, uh, it, yeah, if if everything else is right, it'd be great. Yeah, you know, I kind of agree with what you were saying because, like, I feel like it has to be – it has to be all three guys in the team on the same level, I feel. Like, I don't think it could be, like, the two tag team guys that are, like, the normal tag and then one extra guy. Like, I feel like like the New Day, for example. Like, they're all, the th like, same level, like, interchangeable. Like, you can't really argue, like, oh, they won the titles, but, like, it was because the third guy was in or whatever. Like, it's always the same strength. So like I feel like it has to be like that, but I think it's a like like Brian said, as long as it's not like a watered down, uh, you know, if it's not an overused thing. But that's with anything in wrestling, you know, like that's where it, it's special right now. I feel. How do you how do you stand out when you're first of all? How do you stand out when you're a tag team member? But how would you stand out even if you were in that in a faction or in a trio? How do you how do you how do you put yourself over? while not putting a detriment to the team. I mean, some of it is taking a step back and, and doing what's best for the team. You know, I think there's always going to be, you know, it's kind of like the whole rockers, you know, who's Sean, who's Marty kind of debate that seems to come up with every team. But um, I mean, the whole point of a good tag team is really, um, you know, you're greater than the sum of your parts type thing. You know, you're, so you take a step back, you do what's best for the team, um, even if it's not necessarily what's best for, you know, for you as an individual, I, th I think that's what, that's what makes a good team. You're selfless. Uh, well, I mean, and I'm talking both in, you know, both in a sense of, you know, the, within the match, but also everything else that goes along with this business, you know, it's that, that's what really makes a, a, a good team. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, absolutely. Like, and just to piggyback off that too, like, I, I feel like, because you, your initial question was, how do you stand out? And I actually feel the best teams are ones that bring different qualities to the table. Um, so, I mean, you look at the New Day, right? You have the powerhouse. You have Kofi, who's arguably probably the most athletic. Like, like not athletic, but the most... Uh, Innovative. Yeah, sure, sure. And you have, like, a, when I think of Xavier Woods, I think charisma. You know, like, I think, like, I mean, they all have charisma, obviously. But, you know, just being extremely versatile. And he's actually kind of a mix of the two, if you watch him. Um, but I like, I love that. Like, I love when people have their own parts. And when you bring it together, it's one big, um, it, it's, it's, it's just something special. And if it's something like that, then I, I, that's what I enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you guys both nailed it. Like you have to work together. You build off of each other. You you fill in the blanks where your partner, you know, uh, is is lacking. You know, uh, you shine where they don't, and they shine where you don't, and and it works well. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you necessarily stand out, but as a team, you stand out when you do that. Makes yeah, I think you put that best for sure. Val, do you have any? questions for our tag team specialists here tonight um not right now i'm just here to look pretty <laughs> well you're doing a lovely job val 
but why is he telling me? But no, um, I'm sure I will think of something along the way and I will chime in um, when I do. Um, very last minute for me. So I appreciate just being here, really. So um, I have another question for you guys. I'm a huge vintage wrestling fan, like NWA and on um, territory days. And I found back then with tag teams, they had a lot of hot tags and they had a lot of buildup within a match. I find a lot of wrestling now, um, especially some tag teams, it just feels like it's like just constant. Like the whole pacing is just constant, constant, constant. Do you guys feel that they don't use hot tags as much anymore? Um, and how do you guys feel about the pacing in tag team matches now? Uh, I mean, I, I'll speak from a fat guy. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, that whole, that whole pacing thing, you know. Um, yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean, though. It was very, you know, old school tag team wrestling feels like formulaic. There's a lot of, you know, shine, cutoff, heat, comeback, you know. Um, now, now I, the, I find the term that we, we use a lot is sprinting it out, uh, especially in tag matches where, you know, you have a short amount of time, you know, whether it's, you know, um, something we're filming for TV or something, of, you know, you get a short amount of time on a indie show. I think of working for like a place like Beyond where they, they would try to keep some of the match lengths shorter. So really some of that tag team structure is a little tougher especially when you're trying to keep an audience engaged, especially when you're trying to keep them excited. So I'll say, you know, it's funny to hear it from a, from a guy that looks like me, but we do a lot of sprinting out of, uh, uh, of matches because they're, you know, they're six, eight minutes long. Um, now I think if you, if you have that 12, 15, 17 minutes, something like that main event caliber tag match, you can, you can break it down a little more. You can, you can have more of that formula and slow it down. Um, and, and, and pull the audience in, in that way. Yeah, I mean, I think Brian put it, he couldn't have put it any better. Um, and just speaking as somebody who's still like young in the business, like I'm, I've only been wrestling for five years. And uh, I, when me and my tag partner, uh, Bear Boulder, when we started tagging and we were getting over and beyond, if you look back at a lot of those matches, I look back on them now and we thought they were cool at the time, but they're just, it's, it's teams of two doing moves and like, yeah, sure. Like it, it worked at the time and it got over, but it really wasn't our full, like, I actually hate watching them back now, but like it, it cause it, it wasn't until later, like that's where we kind of um, tried to get our groove being a new tag together and stuff like that. But really like, talking to people and listening and just saying like, like you're taking it, scaling it back. So then when you're telling the story of this tag, it's going to make that stuff that you want to do even more special. Like, I wish I knew that going into it, but I'm glad that I'm finding it out all now, really. Uh, it, it's, I feel like the formulaic route, like Brian was, I mean, it, it's, it's more effective especially when you have time and pacing and stuff like that but like again what you're saying is a, a lot of indies now like it's i know when we were starting on the come up like it was a lot of like hey you guys have six to eight minutes can you like make it car crash style like always that was always the term is like can you guys make it like car crash style like, you know we're like yeah you know we'll just fill in our it was like basically filling in our moves but it's stuff you you know you learn along the way but uh i mean if you watch the crowds back then in the territory like those crowds are hot you know like they are like they want that's what they want to see it's the 
like the hot tag and you know some special stuff like that so that's what i'm learning now uh, I'm a huge fan of vintage wrestling. Like I love old NWA, AWA tag team. Uh, and yeah, that, that style of like long storytelling where man, when that baby face gets that tag, like you just can't help but feel just ecstatic and so excited. And I absolutely love that. Uh, but like both these gentlemen were saying, like in six minutes, it's really hard to tell that story. And sometimes that's just what's, what's called for. Uh, and what's TV wrestling is a little bit different because there's a very wide, broad audience and uh, the, the, the company kind of has a direction that they're looking for. When you're in indie wrestling, uh, it's very narrow. It's almost always like the, the crowd for a show is, is very similar from month to month, uh, but you travel all over. So you see different styles. Uh, I can think of a particular weekend that, uh, we spent in uh, Seattle, Washington on Friday that was absolutely bonkers. Everyone on their feet the entire time. Like they wanted that that car crash style, that, uh, that sprint through it. That's what they wanted. Uh, the next night down in uh, Oakland, California was they wanted goofy. They wanted to laugh. Like they were drinking beer, smoking weed. Like they were having a good time. And then the Sunday was like family audience. So it was slow it down and uh, like tell that longer story. So it totally depends on, on your audience. If you try to go out, in fact, I've tried several times, bombed like a terrible comedian on stage trying to be goofy and just no one cares. And there's nothing more awkward than uh, trying to get laughed at and no one cares. <laughs> There, part man. of it's the evolution of the business too where i mean we are in the age of the gift like you know uh, yeah you know, like it or not uh we're in the age of the gift and if if especially when you think about you know i think i think about shows like beyond wrestling pwg places like that limitless wrestling you know people are going there to get to get noticed and, and to hopefully parlay that exposure into other things so if you've got six to eight minutes you better do something memorable that hopefully somebody wants to retweet, you know, 200 times. What is, uh, Absolutely and, true. and, so and true. Ricky, I'll start with you on this one. What's your preference to TV wrestling or I'll call it house show wrestling or Indies wrestling? Um, I would say like, if, if I had to choose it's TV wrestling, uh, there's there's pressures from uh, from the camera, the pressure from the production crew, like there's just something that that makes you raise your standards. But there's also something really really fun about like a good wild crowd. Like I don't know if anyone uh, in this group has ever watched Hood Slam in California. Yeah. Uh, that's the one I was talking about where everyone's smoking and drinking and um, dude, it's it's insane. Is, yeah. I, What's that? Oh, I, I sorry. I assume that was probably Hood Slam. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I I would I would wrestle there every single night of the week. Uh, that and Defy in Seattle. Those two, like, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Bear, how about you? So you mean like prefer as like a wrestler myself? Like, what do I prefer? Yeah. What do you, uh, like? Because it because it's very different as we as you guys have, have kind of talked about TV to you know, working the camera, being able to work a crowd, different types of crowds. It, it, I feel like it's all a little bit different. You know what? I mean, I, I, I mean, I've never worked TV. 
So like, I can't even, especially pre COVID, like, so I feel like TV now is so different than before COVID, especially with like, I mean, just under the circumstances, it's just so different. Um, I feel like, I feel like I have like half answers. So like TV pre-pandemic i'd probably say that just because i mean like it's just i don't know i can't really put it better than ricky did i, I kind of agree to the to that point to that that same those same points he was making um but i think like guilty pleasure shows i, I like i love doing bar shows like beyond shows and stuff like that like bar shows where people are rowdy and people are you know uh you know just really just up the whole time like just stuff like that like because we have to remind ourselves every now and then that like this is supposed to be fun and this like we're supposed to be enjoying what we're doing and like those are the shows i've had the most fun like just going out there just let's just go and kill it and we're all gonna have fun in the ring and everyone's gonna have fun and i don't know that's where like i've walked out of shows and been like yes you know (laughs) brian how about you yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm probably more like in the, the vein of like, I like a good slow burn. I like a good chance to tell a story. Um, not that I don't, en- you know, don't enjoy. And I keep referencing Beyond because I think it's, it, to me, be, the Beyond crowd or Beyond wrestling, what they are so polar opposite to like what a, what like a television product for wrestling is. So it's, they're good. It's a good basis of comparison, but those crowds are fun, but then you always kind of get those people that are just cynical. I hate cynical crowds. I don't like cynical fans. Like I just, you know, it's, you know, to me, they're, they're aching to the, uh, the heckler of a, of a comedian, you know, um, I, I like bears. I think it was bears. Like crowds that just want to have fun, be into it, be, be drunk or rowdy, you know, like have a good time. Like this, it is really lost the the fun aspect of of wrestling because there's so you know there's nothing worse than and and you see it that at every at every level you know it's this guy who's sitting in the crowd like this the entire time and he's just grading you know every every movement waiting with stars yeah Yeah. like man if i if i sat there or ever watched wrestling like that i i I wouldn't i wouldn't i just wouldn't do it it's just not it's not fun. So it's, yeah, man, but I will say definitely to answer your question definitively, I'm definitely more of like a TV, let me tell a story sort of, uh, sort of wrestling fan. Kind of touching on like the fun of wrestling. What's like the most outrageous match you guys have ever been a part of? Uh, I know a couple of you guys and what you guys have done in the ring and some crazy matches, but like what's the most outrageous that kind of sticks out in your mind? Like the weirdest stipulation match you've ever had. outrageous like outlandish or like just 110 like if it's like blood it's blood if it's lego death matches it's lego death matches like what's the most outrageous like in your mind personally that you've ever been a part of that you know at the beginning you're like Ooh, i don't know if i should do this uh for me it's probably this past new year's uh it was me and it was bear country versus team tremendous at beyond and uh none of us are deathmatch wrestlers like we just enjoy hardcore wrestling, but we really did push the bar with that just because we're all friends and we all like, you know, we're being trusted with the main event on New Year's. So we, you know, in the, the past three years of fans bring the weapons matches for the for beyond, 
have all killed it. And we don't want to be the one that was like, oh, that was probably the worst of the four. Like we wanted to be the best of the four. So as friends, we all, we did things that we would never normally do. Like I wouldn't, I'll never do skewers ever again, ever. But the shot of us, all four of us with skewers in our head, decide for yourself if you think that's worth it. Um, <laughs> but like stuff, I like see Brian laughing, you know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like it just, I don't know. It's just at the time it just felt like it, and it was, I mean, me and Bill, me and Bill Carr, where we had to look at each other. We, we both actually looked at each other in the match. We're like, you're bleeding way too much. And he was like, you're bleeding way too much. Like, <laughs> this is not good. Like, we, like there's bleeding and then there's like crimson mask bleeding, bleeding. And uh, yeah, I'd say for me, that was probably the one that like off the top of my head was probably like my, my I mean, like, because my parents watch everything I do. And like my, my mom was furious furious at me like just just admitting like it's just tax all over my back like the skewer stuff so like yeah that was not a good time but how'd your trainers feel about it <laughs> uh, well they knew the circumstance so like if i was doing death matches every weekend and like stuff like that they'd yeah. probably be upset but like they knew who it was with they love they love bill and dan and like those guys and like they understand like the circumstance and even brian being Hawkins being a huge ECW guy, like he even he like loves his own. Like, so he like, you know, he, under the right circumstances, they love it. Even Pat too. Pat, like Pat had like right before he got hired by WWE, he was having his little stretch of like, like effort, like effort matches where he was just like, yeah, I want to do tax. I want to do like whatever. Just because he just was kind of <laughs> just needed to change something. I don't know. But for me, that would, that would probably be my answer. Skiers are for like meat, man. Like that skiers are not for your head. <laughs> they hurt worse than they look, just saying. <laughs> no, I hated it. I hated it, honestly. Oh man. Never again. Uh I uh I I had two back to back at uh at Defy uh that were, were pretty wild. Uh we wrestled the um uh Jacob Fatu and, and Samuel uh, for the Defy titles. And then the very next, and that was the all violence is legal. The very next match we had was uh, Damien Say 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 and uh, a local guy as his tag partner. And that was also like anything goes. Those were kind of wild. But uh, when I was, uh, I think I was 18 years old, uh, I had a match on a show in McMinnville, Oregon, like in like small town. Uh, but because they never ran there, it was like everyone in town would show up for these. And the the promoter just had a ton of money. He was probably a drug dealer, like that kind of thing. No one knew where he got his money from, but uh, he was bringing in everyone. Like he, on the specific show, he had Al Snow, Rikishi. Um, and Al Snow wasn't an Al. He just, he showed up like to do a match. Uh, Raven was there, but uh New Jack was there and he was doing a New Jack match, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were in a tag team match that was the the lights out, like after the show unsanctioned. And all four of us were like, well, New Jack's here. So we got to, you know, step it up if we're going to oh, be the main. Okay. And we got stupid, like it, it, not death match. Like there wasn't a ton of glass, but, you know, there was a couple light tubes and uh, there was the, the worst part ever and the worst pain I've ever felt in my life was uh, my trainer made a uh, thing of barbed wire like 
this feet long, uh, this this long with nine strands of barbed wire taped together as a whip. So a cat of nine tails made of barbed wire. And getting hit with it sucks because it's heavy. But then when you rip it back, it's the worst thing. I was I hit I hit my trainer with it once. He said, "Fuck you, get that thing away from me." <laughs> and the other dude, no joke, the other dude hit me like fifteen times, and I didn't like I couldn't say no. I was just fuck. <laughs> it was terrible and speaking of like you know someone watching and hating you my uh, girlfriend at the time now she's my wife but she was watching uh and she was very upset with me <laughs> yeah <laughs> had that leave scars had oh yeah oh yeah i have one i have one on my forehead that the ones on my back you can't really tell but i have one on my forehead that's you know it's never going away <laughs> yep oh. damn so I, i'm very okay with being the least hardcore of the three of us <laughs> i am very much a sports entertainer um <laughs> uh, so i've only bled once <laughs> i've only i mean i've only i'll go with the meds i mean they told these really cool hardcore stories uh not my so i'll go with the one time i bled that was last year ring of honor death before dishonor barroom brawl bruiser got darts in his back there was no way i was doing that oh my um, god oh my god i got i got a cool oh, cool cue in my head um took a table bump but that, that's about it. You know, I, I'm not going to make myself popular here, but I, I don't like deathmatch wrestling. Bear, I watched about three minutes of your match. Uh, I, <laughs> I was like, I can't watch this. It's just not my cup of tea. God bless those who, uh, who choose to do it, who choose to watch it. So not my cup of tea in any way, shape, or form. Really hard to sit through. Really hard. Yeah. I, 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 do, I do think there's a measure of it. I think it's a very niche thing. But most people are going to watch it. The average fan is going to watch it and, like, start to f- – I mean, these we're human beings, too. Like, I get, like, they were professional wrestlers and stuff, but, like, this shit hurts. <laughs> like, all of it hurts. So I think there's um, – yeah, I think there's a measure of, of that. I mean, me just bleeding was so shocking for um, everybody that I came up with, my family and stuff, because they've never seen it before that uh, – there was a there was a big you know uproar just you know me getting a little little color, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah I guess that that's probably the craziest I've, I've ever been in you know I've, I've taken only a handful of uh, table bumps I've taken one ladder bump in my entire career so I mean sports entertainment Brian over here <laughs> well, if if the question wasn't about hardcore and it was just goofy mm-hmm. uh, a couple years in a row. Uh, we did a show uh, called Hunger Slam, and it was a 24-hour, uh, well, it was 26-hour marathon. So we did wrestling matches for 26 hours. And there was some people came in and left, you know, like wrestlers would show up, do a couple matches, and then leave. Uh, but I stayed the entire time. Uh, like, I was, I was helping run. We were running a charity, uh, giving food to the Oregon Food Bank. Uh, and just a couple goofy matches that we had. Uh, we did a energy drink on a pole match. Uh, so that, that was there. Uh, we did a sleeping bag match. So instead of a coffin, it was a sleeping bag. Uh, we did a, a extreme thumb wrestling match. So that was that went all over the building. Uh, yeah, there was there, uh, there was a, a lights out match where we just actually turned the lights out and two guys wrestled in the ring. There's it was all all sorts of goofy. Uh, unfortunately, there's like no footage of this, uh, but Aww. it was one of the most incredible nights. Two years in a row, one of the most incredible nights we've had. It's amazing. I did wrestle Hornswoggle in a cage last year. So there was that. There you go. That's great. (laughs) That's pretty outrageous. 
I had I had to literally help him into the cage, <laughs> like, lift him into the cage because he couldn't get in. <laughs> needed a boost. He did. We talked about it. He, he told me you're going to have to lift me into the cage. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. <laughs> I know I'm going to think of one later and be like, "Damn, I wish I said that." <laughs> The cage is so great. That's so funny. Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> so we're talking. So you guys are talking different stipulations. Do you guys have a favorite stipulation of a match that you've had? And it doesn't have to be hardcore. It doesn't have oh, to be goofy. Oh, it could be any stipulation whatsoever. Like just your favorite stipulation match. to work. <laughs> Not energy drink on a pole match. It doesn't have to be that. No. <laughs> That was fun. It could be coffee. Uh, it, Instead. As, yeah. as far as tag team matches go, like I'm I'm just a sucker for just standard tag match. Like I, that really is my my stipulation, my favorite. Like no no stipulation. Uh in singles, if it's like a stipulation, I really like the uh like the strap match or or dog collar, so like that style. Like uh I've had a couple of those that are just absolutely a blast. Yeah, I think those like the dog collar matches and things like that, they're so they're, they're, I think they're really fun from a, especially from like a worker's standpoint of like, because you have to get real creative. You have to get like, because yeah. you're confined. You're literally confined by the stipulation of like, we're tied together. Like, how can I make this, you know, how can I make this interesting? I, I, I'm, I'm right with you there. That's a, I love that stipulation. Yeah, that, same for me. Like, I, I love, besides like Ricky said, besides like tag team wrestling, when I did singles, I loved uh, I love dog collar matches because I've done both hardcore dog collar matches and I've done one where there were no, like, they were like, no, we don't have any gimmicks for you guys. And like, it's just straightforward. Like I've done like just straightforward dog collar. And that's where like Brian said, like, that's where you really have to get creative. And it's like, oh, like we can't just do uh, gimmick bumps and stuff like that. It was like, oh, we were actually going to use the chain to like maneuver each mm -hmm. other. And like, those are a yeah. lot of fun, especially when you walk out and you're like, oh, I feel okay. Awesome. You know, like it's that's it's, the secret there. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed you're supposed to walk away from this stuff and work the next day. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh not yeah, not doing the secret is not doing one with Dan Moff. That's that's <laughs> I don't want him and I yeah, that was whew. but Dan Moff hit me so hard with a cannonball one time in the corner, like I thought I thought like I was gonna turn inside out. <laughs> just, I, I mean, he just. I mean, I, I, it was just the one tag match. It was actually me and Ace Romero versus uh, the Hit Squad, Dan Moff and, and Monster Mac. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That that may have been that cannonball from Dan Moff might have been the hardest I've ever been hit in a ring. Yeah, I've seen him break the bottom rope with that. <laughs> like and and. People just lose their minds. Yeah. Oh, it's because it's devastating. Legitimately. Yeah. Devastating. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the funniest thing with like people watch wrestling, like, oh, it's fake, or oh, they're not really hurting each other. And like, oh, how did you do this? You really did it. It hurt. Like hell. <laughs> yeah. Hun yeah. Hun <laughs> how did you do that? Uh, well, <laughs> have either of you guys uh, worked with Jacob Fatu? No. No, I've worked shows with him though, and he's in like he makes me feel like I should quit. Like, oh, he's incredible. He's also incredibly strong. 
Yeah. Uh, and luckily this isn't my story, but it's my tag partners. Uh, he st- <laughs> he sets Eddie down in a chair, hits him a couple times and goes, and then backs up and then just running cannibals him and just squishes him <laughs> through the chair onto the ground, just flat as a pancake. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Probably. Uh. Damn. So is there along those lines, is there a move that you guys just hate having to take or even hate having to do? Like, because I know sometimes it's not only moves that you have to receive. Sometimes it's moves that you actually guys are doing, too, that can put a strain on your body. For me, it's taking double stomps. Like, I don't want to take them. I don't want them suggested oh, yeah. to me. <laughs> Get it out of my face with it. <laughs> like, I, I just, you know, and I, and I know there are guys who can perform it, perform it safely. Um, there's probably a short list of people who I would I'd be willing to take that move from, but... To me, that's one of those, like, there's there's no way to protect yourself. Those are the types of moves I really don't like, where there's no way to protect yourself. There's no way for, you know, be, any of this stuff, being a half a step off, can have really catastrophic um, consequences. But the ones where there's kind of no out, there's no safe out for that. If somebody just decides you're or just is off with it or misses, like, that's one that could, that could hurt you real bad. So that that's a... That's a that's a pretty big non-starter for me. That move. Yeah, I, I I'll second that. Double stomps are uh, like I I'll take them. Uh, normally I'm wrestling smaller guys, so like, you know, it's not as bad. But uh, there's one like I'll take a leg drop all day. Top rope leg drop scare the crap out of me because of one time a dude did a top rope leg drop and just square on my head. And, it, and the dude was small, but God damn, that's a lot of weight coming from the top rope. And there's Ricky, there's so much time. Like you feel like when you're <laughs> yeah. laying there, it's an eternity. Yep. <laughs> Those guys uh, yeah, that's going to hit me. That's going to hit me. Time <laughs> just slows right down. Time <laughs> yeah. stops. The They're moving like, you know. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know. Um, I'm sure ask me in another five years and I'll probably give you a list of things, but like, I, I love taking back bumps and I love taking front bumps. I would say anything like, I, so it's, it, it, I don't know, like it's weird cause I love giving pile drivers, but I hate taking them, but I do anyway, because I would never give somebody something I wouldn't take. You know? Who the hell's giving you pile drivers? Jesus. <laughs> we can have, have a talk after this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> luckily it's not too often but uh yeah i don't know like it's it's weird like especially uh just the the normal classic spike pile driver i feel like especially when i was first taking them i was like all right i'm excited to see the secret behind this and then it's like oh my god there is no secret it's just <laughs> getting drilled on my head like but uh yeah i would say that maybe um Yeah, I don't know. I, I really, I really don't. Probably double stomps. I mean, they always suck. I'm afraid I'm gonna, I'm, my stomach's not gonna hold up. I have a very sensitive stomach, and if I get double stomped, I'm probably not gonna hold up. So, use your imagination on that one. But yeah, that would probably be it. We got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So I know that you guys all have your typical normal tag team partner, but have you ever had to tag with somebody like on the fly that you maybe weren't as familiar with? And how do you feel about that? And how did it go? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, a lot over over the years, um, and it's it's a mixed bag. A lot of it really depends on um, the person you're working with. You know, if it's somebody who's you know capable or good, or I'll not even just that, but they got to be they got. There's a selfless aspect to tag team wrestling. So I've I've been involved in tag matches where somebody just wants to do it, you know, oh, you guys are teaming tonight. Okay. And they just want to do everything. So, you know, all right, well, I'll stand here on the apron. So it's, it's, I will say it's tough to develop any sort of, any sort of chemistry, any sort of cohesiveness. Um, Cause that doesn't come, you know, instantly. So I, I've done it a lot and, and I'll say it's not, it's not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I agree with that, too. And I, I never had any bad experiences, but it just, especially with it being on the, like, usually on the indies, because it's just kind of two, like, two guys thrown together sort of thing. It just kind of feels weird. You're usually coming out together sort of thing. So, and if you've never been out with this person before, they're doing their gimmick, you're doing yours. And it's just two things at once. And it can just feel weird. And then, like, you know, in, in ring, if you're not on the same page, it kind of just feels like two singles wrestlers are wrestling at once and not a unit, you know? So I haven't had that too often, but when I have it, I, I, I don't normally enjoy it. Yeah. I've definitely uh, gone through my fair share of just thrown together tag teams and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, Brian was talking about like, it's very selfless and uh, not as a tag team, but as a, as a six way tag uh, a couple of weeks ago for primetime live um, the day of the show, they, they decided to make it a six man tag because they needed to move some stuff around. And uh, Will all day from Texas uh, was thrown on our team. And uh, like immediately the three of us just like, Hey, what, what's, what's important to you? What's important to us? And, figured it out and uh i i couldn't have asked for a smoother uh six-man tag like the the three of us worked really well together the three of them worked really well together and uh, sometimes it just clicks really well uh, especially when your your first thought is like how do i make your thing work uh and they're thinking how do i make your thing work and as long as everyone has that mindset it works well all right let's talk championships because I'm always interested, like, what's everyone's favorite championship, either past, present, whatever it might be. And since you guys are tag team wrestlers, I would hope that there's a tag. It's right here, if you can see it. It's back there. The tag team championship is one of my favorite belts. But I'm curious what your guys' favorite belts that you've seen over the years is. Ricky, what do you think? Oh, man. Uh, I'm I'm a sucker for the classic uh, uh, TV title from uh, like old school, um, like right before WCW, even in WCW. But Arn Anderson, Tolly Blanchard, like that that uh, TV title. Brian, I mean, I, I will say it, it is a tag team belt. My favorite is that that '80s era. WWF tag team championships, British Bulldogs, Heart Foundation, 
that, those are those are beautiful titles. Those are perfect. That I, those should be still on TV. Perfect championships. Truth. For me, actually, because like probably one of my favorite eras in wrestling to watch, like just even like an, on an everyday basis, is uh, I love the ruthless aggression era. It's just my favorite in ring stuff. It's my favorite, pretty much everything. And uh, I've, I, I pretty much grew up on, I loved, I always loved the look of the Intercontinental title. Uh, but the, but like, I love the classic one because how could you not? But I love the one that like Orton held and uh, like that, that kind of the globe one. Um, I just, I don't know. I loved it. And I loved the, uh, the undisputed title, the big, the, the Lesnar one. Like so, yeah, the first version of that that's like gigantic was yeah. so awesome. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's better for me. That's better for the bigger guy, too, right? When the, the plate's bigger, you feel like you can actually like <laughs> wear the belt. Yeah. I, I, I've never been able to wear a championship belt, so I, I have no frame of reference for this. It, it looks cooler over your shoulder anyway. Don't worry about it, Brian. So funny, funny story about uh, wearing a belt. Um, I'm obviously I'm a smaller guy. I've never had a problem with that. Uh, but Gangrel was coming out, and I hope he doesn't mind me telling the story, but it's hilarious. So he won't. Uh, he was coming out for shows. <laughs> He's coming up for shows in Oregon all the time. And uh, he was a champion, whatever champion at the time. And right before he goes out, he's like, Hey, would you mind buckling this for me? And he like, he sucks in and, and I get it literally on the last buckle. And I was like, uh, I got it, but it's only one. He's like, all right. And so he goes through the curtain, boom, it just falls off. Like instantly <laughs> falls off. <laughs> oh, I, I love Gangrel. Love oh, he's, he's the man. <laughs> the man. Dude, that that guy still goes like, oh, every time he goes every so time. hardy. Loves loves taking that clothesline on the straight floor, even if it's concrete. Every time, every time, <laughs> loves it. Every... He's one of like the coolest guy a... just to be around the locker room too. Like he's so personable, and, like giving up his time and opinions. Like one of the coolest, like like old school kind of names that that you'll that still are out there performing. Like pardon on gangrel like every time i've been in a locker room with them so cool so awesome absolutely there's there's very few people that will like without being asked give you feedback on your match like of course a lot of people if you say hey watch my match and give me some feedback they will but like he he'll watch every match on a show um and he won't bullshit you but he's not mean about it but he will give you feedback <laughs> every single time uh and it's absolutely incredible and like you said like he puts in 110 percent every single match without question. There's never a time where he phones it in. It's amazing. And he's just built differently too. Like, like there are guys that like, I look and I'm like, even just after all these years, like he's just got those like lungs of steel. And I remember like when we worked, when I worked him, he was like, hey man, just so you know, it's kind of cold in here and I just might need a second in the ring or whatever. And I was like, I mean, I'm no Steve Austin either. So I'm not going to be running around <laughs> you, you know, like whatever. And he just was totally just did like you could have just disregarded that because he was going like he yep. he has lo like lungs of steel for such a big dude too and he just his like the way he moves around a ring still like even just like I just feel like guys like from his generation are just built differently like yeah guys are warriors man machines so you mentioned feedback. Uh... Is there a piece of feedback that you guys keep with you that you remember something that maybe drives you or something that just 
you appreciate that someone was willing to give you either tough, tough love or just some good words of advice in your career so far? Bear, we'll start with you. Sure. Uh, I don't have a, I don't have any specific, uh, like something that someone told me that like, whatever, like coming up, it was always just gotta be more intense. Gotta be more intense. Gotta be more intense. And then like, I just kind of built up on that, but, uh, just the guys that trained me, like I could just always go to cause guys like Brian and Pat, like Pat, especially like they're just, they're no, they're no BS guys. Like they're not going to tell you what you want to hear. If, if they have a compliment for you, they'll give it and they won't be afraid to give it, but it's, they're not going to beat around the bush about it just because they want to see their, like, they, they want to see, they want to see you get better. So like, they don't want to just tell you like, Oh yeah, it was great, man. Whatever. Like it was that those are guys, guys like Hawkins, Buck. Uh, I always go to, uh, if you know, Alex Reynolds from the dark order, uh, I, I go to him for everything just because he is so unbelievable. Like just with how naturally talented he is and the experience that he has under his belt. Um, He's just always too, just always a straightforward guy. Uh, so, and it, he always, something I appreciate too, he always goes out of his way to watch, even if I don't ask to. So like, it's just one of those deals. And he's always just got stuff for me. Like, Hey, just want to let you know, like you should, if you watch the match back, you should watch this. Cause this could have been way better. Like, and he has like, a, he, one of those guys too, that has a mind that were like, he can just take something you did and go, yeah, that was fine, but it would have been way better if you did this. And he just kind of his, one of those guys whose minds just goes, you know, and just fires off because of stuff he's just thinking about all day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are guys that I, I, I just go to for everything. Ricky, does anybody stand out to you or any feedback you've ever gotten? Yeah, uh, man, I, I really appreciate feedback. Um, and I, I take most of it to heart. It's really hard to explain in this scenario though. Cause like almost, almost all the feedback is like, you'd have to be there to, to understand. Like there's small things like more intense or slow down or, or speed up or, you know, all those things. It's, it's hard to explain those without really pulling back the curtain and then like really being there to see what it was. Um, but a piece of advice that, uh, that Piper gave me, uh, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but uh, was like, there's going to be a lot of, of people, um, times, hard times, or like situations that are going to make you want to stop. Uh, but if you love it, don't let those. And that was like, that was the feedback that always stood out to me is like, if you love it enough, uh, you're going to push through all the bullshit and, and make it happen. Brian, how about you? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was, it was something my trainer um, stressed a lot. That was just take care of your name. You know, first impressions matter, how you conduct yourself in locker rooms, how you uh, conduct yourselves in the ring. Make sure you're always a professional, kind of like, you know, bring your bring your lunch pail or bring your briefcase to work kind of um, mentality. And, and really, again, it's just taking care of your name, being, being a professional, being a good businessman, uh, honoring your word, honoring your bookings, you know, things of that nature. I think it's just, uh, it's, it's amazing in this, in this business. So how sm- there's so many people yet. It's so, it's so small, you know, I, you know, I'm sure, you know, Ricky and, and, and bear can attest to like, how many people do you know that work for every major company in the world that you could pick up a phone and call and all it takes is like that one, 
bad impression to the wrong person. You can really, you can really set yourself back. I've seen it a lot. So it's, that is probably the thing that I've always really taken to heart. And that's just take care of my name, make sure I'm a good person, make sure I'm a good businessman. All good advice. All right. So your partners aren't around, so it's okay to ask this question. You can tag with anybody. Who's it going to be? And it can't be your current partners. Who are you going to go into that big match with? Who are you going to go call and say, hey, we got a championship shot. I need you here. Brian, we'll start with you. Anybody ever in history? Anybody. It's wide open. I'm calling the Hulks. I'm calling the Hulkster. I'm calling Hulk Hogan. <laughs> All right. Well, Who else am I going to call? <laughs> which Which Hulk Hogan? Oh, uh, I mean, I'm calling you know 1987, you know, body slamming Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan. You know. Okay. Are you going to wear matching? I'm tights? replacing your head is the Macho Man. I'm replacing the Macho Man in the Mega Powers. Okay, like I'm, I'm the other half of the Mega Powers. <laughs> Are, are you wearing the matching tights? Are you wearing yellow yes. and red tights? And of course, I'm also I'm also built like Savage and have Elizabeth by my side too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bear, what about you? Um, better say me. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say him. You're probably more basic. You guys are probably who we're facing, so I can't pick you. Um, You're not facing the mega powers. Come on. <laughs> For me, uh, the, like the two guys off the top of my head that I, I loved when they were in thrown together tag teams and actually won the titles were probably Steve Austin and The Rock. Like I loved when Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels were thrown in that tag and they ended up winning the tag titles. Like I loved that. And same thing with The Rock. Like so, or even just like I loved The Rock and John Cena versus Miz and uh, like our truth, like stuff like that. Like I think those matches actually are really fun, especially when it's those guys. Cause like if that's kind of the story, or is like those guys are thrown together. So probably probably them. And I just love Steve Austin and The Rock. So can I tell you how much fun it is to listen to like the different eras of wrestling and like like who loves what and and it's it's all good like there's no there's no downside or bad like it's amazing to hear uh like you know from from the hogans to uh you know newer austin brock sean like i love it yeah, uh, i don't know how old you are ricky but they're talking about growing up watching the ruthless aggression era i'm like hey i, I was know already in the I, yeah i was already in the business set during the ruthless yeah. aggression era. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I trust me, I don't want to make you feel old. I, I, I hate when I do that. But like ruthless aggression era, I was in elementary school, so like that's what I, yeah. I, I was doing w, I was doing WWE extra work in the, in the ruthless wow. aggression era. Thanks. <laughs> oh, uh, dude, I'm uh, I'm calling up Bobby Eaton in his prime. Oh, all right. Hell of a choice. Yeah, dude, I uh, Midnight Express is my jam for sure. So good, so good, and it's so uh, con- see, that'd be so confusing too, right? Like you got Bobby Eaton and Ricky Gibson, and it's like, wait a second. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to be so I I'm 
I'm not, you know, I, I know the history of wrestling, wasn't a huge NWA fan, but when I see Bobby Eaton as just used as a straight up jobber in like the Nitro era, infuriates me. It absolutely <laughs> infuriates me. So I didn't start watching uh, Bobby Eaton until I was already wrestling for a while. Uh, and of course, like Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, like uh, that, that's what I studied for tag team wrestling, if you couldn't tell from watching my matches. Uh, I love that. And it wasn't until later when I saw him in like WCW jobbing and it was just depressing <laughs> the difference, but he's one of the yeah, most it's... underrated guys in history. Bobby Eaton is oh, so absolutely. freaking uh, like people go watch Bobby. Bobby Eaton is Dude. like another level. Good. <laughs> like I said, like built absolutely. differently, like me, yeah, like just built differently than we are. Like, insane. So wow. good. So since you all have different like wrestling histories, like what you're passionate about in different eras, if you had to show somebody who wasn't a wrestling fan a match to be like, this is what you're missing, what match would you show them? Hmm. That's a good question. That's a solid question. Because I've had to do this so many times. People are like, I'm not a fan. I'm like, oh yeah, watch this. And they're like. <laughs> I guess it depends on how much time I have. Uh, if, if I could show them any match and they would sit there and watch that, um, Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, uh, any one of their like real matches, not, not their, their gimmick matches, but like their, their tag matches together uh, that tell that full story. And like I was saying earlier, when, when uh, uh, Gibson finally gets the tag and comes in, just house of fire, the crowd's on their feet, like you feel it, you want to be there. Uh, it's it's absolutely incredible. That's if I had all the time in the world and they'd watch it, that'd be the one. You know what's funny is I I think it also depends on who I'm showing. So, uh, for my dad, for example, him and I watch like so. Even though I grew up, I mean, I'm I'm only 25. I do my best to brush up on my history because I just don't want to. And I don't knock people. Like there are plenty of people in the business that will have no idea what you're talking about. Like, and that's fine. That's totally okay. I just want to, like, uh, just because, I mean, I watch wrestling every day anyway. So, like, I want to know, like, I just want to know these things. Um, but, like, so, like, sh like, my dad, I'll show, we'll watch old stuff. Midnight Express, all, like, we'll, like, old WCW. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll go back and we'll watch that stuff and just kind of reminisce. Um, but if I was showing somebody, like, like, if I was showing, like, like my younger brother like always loves watching. i feel like it has to be a gimmick match just it just has to be like i mean i love showing people like the um love showing like the hardys the hardys i feel like always connect to younger people even if they hate wrestling uh like if somebody even like actually hates wrestling i feel like if you show them the hardys they just have that connection with young people even today and they're not young anymore but they still have that like connection with them because just because they're so fresh with everything we do um but uh yeah like fun stuff like at least at first just to get them hooked in like i feel like it has to be like um you know like the triangle ladder matches or the tlc's the first ones like dudley like oh dudley's dudley's uh edge and christian and the hardy's like stuff like their matches all their stuff even if it's not gimmick, like even just all their matches in general are just so fun to watch. Um, 
So probably stuff like that, or just me being a mark for Steve Austin. Uh, I'd probably show just because of how electric he is, like probably something like that. Yeah, my, mine is uh, it's my two favorite wrestlers of all of all time. Again, uh, I love sports entertainment, uh, but I think the reason I would choose this match is because of the magnitude of the match and just like the crowd participation. I get chills every time I watch it. Uh, Hollywood Hogan versus The Rock, WrestleMania 18. So, Un yep. unreal. I get I get goosebumps watching that match because. I think as a performer, that's that reaction, like the reaction of that match and the, and the, the how invested, you know, what was 60,000, 70,000 people are all hanging on the edge of their seat. And you watch them, it's not a technical classic. It's not, you know, it's not rock and roll in midnights, you know, it's not Savage Steamboat, but everybody in that place from the guy in the cheap seat to the guy in the front row are just hanging on every move. Mm -hmm just goosebumps watching that match just so so good and for me i think giving a show to somebody who's never watched pro wrestling before and for them to see just kind of the electricity of that moment and the crowd reactions and just would just be you know i think be something like whoa what is this i think they would instantly know like wow this is a this is a big like if they'd never seen those two guys they would know oh these guys are a big deal like, i love that match i've seen that match probably more more than any other match in in i've ever seen my partner uh Boulder, T Tommy will, when we watch that match, like together, if we're just having a beer or something, like watching the match, when Hogan hits the leg drop and you hear a uh, commentary, <laughs> he beat Andre the Giant with that move, Tommy will grip his chair, like, <laughs> and have goosebumps running all over his body. Ugh. Just be like, like, he just can't take it. That crowd was, oh, I mean, I think it was Toronto, like, that crowd was just just insane like I, that's that's what you that's what you would do this for that is what you that's what before you know ricky this is what we, that's what we do it for like mm -hmm. I, I when i was a little kid growing up wanting to do this like that's in my mind like that's you know that that reaction have you ever had like that pinnacle like feeling in a match like has there ever been a time where you've been in a match and you're like man this is it like this is this is that feeling that you you wanted for so long have you ever had that kind of moment that you can remember not to that i mean not to that magnitude i'll say work in the garden um oh you know, my god um, that's you so know. unbelievable that you did that you sold out <laughs> yeah that was that yeah that was i mean that was that was unbelievable that was I, I think more unbelievable than anything was the afternoon. And I, I knew it was in the match. Obviously, I knew I was booked, which was just exciting enough to be there. But then to get told I'm, I'm doing something with Liger, which is, was just like, was just mind-blowing. Um, and then, and then you know, hearing the reaction and getting eliminated by Liger. And like, that, that, I mean, that's as, that's as close as I've come. But that was, in that, I mean, that's only 17,000 people. But uh that was pretty. Don't that was pretty that. surreal. Don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> the story is gonna be. The story is gonna be forever. I mean, my grand. The story my grandkids are gonna hear is, hey, you want to hear about the time that your granddad sold out Madison Square Garden with Jushin Thunder Liger? You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were there to see Malonis and Liger. Yeah, <laughs> seventeen thousand tickets sold to see Malonis and Liger. They weren't there to see Okada and Lethal and Taven and all these guys. They were there to see Malonis and Liger. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! That's incredible. There's nothing like Madison Square Garden. There's just <clears throat> growing up in that area and 
all my memories as a fan, all my favorite memories come from Madison Square Garden, come from being there at the Royal Rumble when John Cena surprised everybody as number 30, being at the Royal Rumble uh, on its own is an amazing match, but being inside that venue, it just rumbles a little bit different. There's just a little bit... It's more intimate. Different feeling, and wrestling, I think, needs to be in those kind of venues. So you talked about Toronto and, and how big... Toronto was and how create like 60, 70,000. Do you guys feel better in the more intimate crowd when it's a little bit, you know, smaller venue or I've, I know some of you have probably wrestled outdoors now or wrestled in, in, on the road when it's bigger open air places, or even with very little crowds, where do you guys feel the most like that moment? The most like that you feel the electricity. I think I think I mean for I'll I'll just call a record and say wrestling outside sucks. I hate yep. it. Thank I don't. I, it, the, the the noise just kind of. I mean, I think you hear you know, a lot of the WWE guys after they work WrestleMania too. They talk about the noise. Just uh, I think Austin will talk about it a lot. Like the noise just goes up. There's it's just there's no no nothing to hold it in. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's I think no matter the size of the venue, it's it's really is if if there's whatever the venue holds if it's sold out you know if you're in a venue that holds 200 and there's 200 people there it feels amazing if, if it holds 200 and there's 50 it sucks if you if you're in a 10,000 seat arena and there's 10,000 people there amazing if, if there's 2,000 it sucks so I think anywhere where because because when the crowd is full it, it feels like people are on top of you no matter how how big the building is, you know, it, it, when the buildings are full, it just feels like the crowd's on top of you. And, and that's what creates that, that awesome atmosphere. And it could be Madison Square Garden with 17,000 and it feels intimate because every, every seat is filled, you know? Or it could be Haverhill for freaking Cold Fury. Chaotic, like those shows yeah. are like, cause they fill it. And it's a high school gym, but they fill it, and it's it feels like a, its own little WrestleMania. Like those, mm-hmm. I miss those shows. Uh, yeah, I think you you nailed it, Brian. Like, there's if, if a big building is full, it's great. If a small building is full, it's great. Uh, when when a building if the building's huge and it's half full, <laughs> it's not it's not great. Like even if that's a thousand people. Uh, it's like high school gyms tend to be like the go-to for wrestling shows and it's always awkward like that it there's this you can this ambiance of of not being full I don't know you can you can feel it we did a show in Portland uh, that held maybe 50 people Uh, like it was a small bar like real small but it was full uh at full there was like 30 people there but it was so loud and so intimate that it was wild so i don't know if the size of the venue really matters as long as it's it's uh high energy yeah i couldn't say it better definitely all right val do you have your very important question lined up the most important question for me anyway um (laughs) Either how do you prefer your pancakes on the regular or what is the best pancakes you've ever had? Or are you a waffle person? <laughs> Rangers fan. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a chocolate chip pancake guy. 
Uh, I'm, there's 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 a couple places around here that got some pretty good pancakes, but uh, I'm 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 gonna throw some chocolate chips in them just about every time I have them. Uh, I get so much I get so much shit for this. So uh, I like pancakes, uh, chocolate chips, blueberries, like something in a pancake is great on occasion. But if I'm like your question was like most regular, I eat my pancakes with no butter, no syrup, just straight pancake. And I get shit for it all the time. <laughs> just like dry, <laughs> dry pancakes. Yes. I don't know. It just I have other stuff, too. You know, the bacon and eggs, but pancakes dry like it's that's what i most frequently do interesting what a what an unpleasant experience that would be. <laughs> so you're like you don't put like peanut butter or oh question to my tag partner my tag partner gives me so much shit for it oh you just God. like dry mouth is that <laughs> let me drink this glass of water with my pancake wow to each um, their own, to each their own. Yeah, I, mean, I, I love plain pancakes, uh, but I also love putting like a scoop of vanilla on top, scoop of vanilla ice cream. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just great. And just normal butter syrup. Like I just, that's what, I think the best I've ever had, I don't know the place, unfortunately, but uh, I have to talk to Brian, you know, Smart Mark Sterling. Yeah. By where he lives now in Massachusetts, there's this little place. It's like, I, I have to get the name from him because it was the best pancakes I've ever had. But it was like one of those just walk in. Um, it just looks, it looks like a trailer. Like, I don't even, it's like a really old school diner sort of thing. But it was like one of those just one row of seats diner. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. Um, it's kind of like the awesome. rule, I think, with like that type of food. It's yeah. got to be like a gritty place. It's got to yeah, be yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> right? Exactly. The sketchier the place, the better the cakes. <laughs> yeah. What was that? The sketchier the place, the better the pancakes. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Fair, I love you so much for that ice cream on pancakes idea. That's such like the ultimate fact you think. That made me so happy. Yeah, I mean, it's so I good though. <laughs> like a pancake sundae almost. Yeah. Like, like, ice cream. We don't overdo Throw it. some like over, yeah. syrup on there. Sprinkle yeah, like, whipped never cream. How have I never tried that? It's the really best. Little milk? little cinnamon sugar on there. Oh, oh man, you're killing right. it. Oh, are we gonna convert you to putting something on your pancakes? Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. I will. <laughs> I like. I'll go all in on some crazy pancakes. But like most regularly, it's dry. But man, you throw <laughs> cinnamon sugar, some ice cream on there. Oh, amazing. Ricky, you were talking about some hardcore wrestling stuff, and the craziest thing I've heard you say is you eat dry pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I thought you. Were, I'm like, Ricky. Hey, Ricky. This is. A, I, I want to meet this dude. I want to work this dude. Like, yeah, I like right. this guy. Then I'm you, said, out. <laughs> you eat dry pancakes. I'm like, Ugh, I'm yeah. out good <laughs> psychopath total psychopath. <laughs> that's exactly yeah, that's what eddie says i'm a psychopath <laughs> so we got a oh go to post um match meals like is there something you guys religiously will eat after a match <laughs> greasy deep fried i oatmeal. eat i eat pancakes really until I wrestle because I have like, I have a sensitive stomach. So I could never eat whatever I want and go wrestle. I just have, I eat like, I, I'll drink over a gallon of water and I'll keep it like real clean, like clean chicken, whatever. After we wrestle, all bets are off. Like I eat <laughs> anything. Like I, 
we'll go find wherever we are. We'll go find a place, sit down, and uh, yeah. Which makes me hate my tag team partner because he has like he has like an iron stomach, and he he like I've seen him eat unbelievable things before we wrestle, and he's fine. And I just envy <laughs> that. I wish I had that. Like, but yeah, that's me. I know the pancake story made me sound boring, uh, but uh, I love food too. Uh, for for us, like post show, and it's never on purpose, but we always seem to wind up at Denny's or some something yeah. like oh IHOP God. Denny's, something like that. You it's, only ever wind up at Denny's. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, or if if we if we leave a show early, Buffalo Wild Wings is is the place to go. Sure. Wings is always a yeah. uh, wings is always a go to. Like the yeah the Denny's Waffle House IHOP those always seem to be where I end up. My my absolute favorite and it's only like uh, it's like in Georgia North Carolina. It's this place called Cookout, un unbelievable. So if you ever get down there, you like cook yeah Cookout is like South Carolina. It's like six it, it's like six bucks and you get like, you, know, a you tray. get a mountain of food. You yeah. get a tray. I've never. I've never been to a cookout, but I've heard like stories like it's mythical. It is. So. It's, all the guy, you know, it's funny. I, I the first couple times, first like two years with Ring of Honor, for whatever reason, I was always left off the North Carolina show, and then uh, last year I actually got to get to go, and now I've gone a few times. I was like, and they always would build it up. They'd always build it up. They'd always would build it up, and like, um, yeah, it's 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 something special. I will say there's also something to the, and you guys, Ricky, Barry, appreciate this. Nothing's open. The gas station, yeah. you know, yeah. gas station yeah. is like Slim Jim, bag of Doritos, and uh, <laughs> usually like some gummy bears or something, you know, three course meal. <laughs> That's where, like, if you want to catch me in a bad mood, like, it'll be because of that. Like, <laughs> when you're coming back from like those, like, if you ever, like, it, it was, for us, it was always coming back from Canada where like, yeah be like just coming over the border and then you're going through most of the bulk of new york and there's just nothing open beside like your your diet for the rest of the until you get home is like bags of chips you've just got shawarma yeah. to go there's shawarma places everywhere here there yeah but when i'm coming home no there is great i love i love working in canada it's so much fun but when i cross that border coming back home i'm living off of bags of chips like it's, yeah, you're you're a new york jersey guy wawa come on man yeah, but that's way wall. later, though. Like, the bulk <laughs> of New York, like, the that whole forbidden... No, I, mean, I mean, just in general. How is that not your answer? That's like the... <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's a... Yeah, wow. I mean, I feel like that's a boring answer. If anybody from New York or, like, New Jersey listens to this, they're going to they're gonna be like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, got a, I got a great... I got a great Denny stories if we have a couple minutes. Uh, so... I wrestled this uh, tag team match. I wrestled this tag team match uh, in Washington. It was the first time that uh, as a tag team, we were there and we kind of wanted to stand out a little bit. And there was these two kids that were from Canada and they were super hot. Like the, like fans loved them and they wrestled barefoot. And uh, when, when we saw them instantly, my tag partner's like, we got to put their toes in their mouth. Like that was the first thought that he had is we're going to, we're going to put their toes in their mouth. And so we built this whole match around them, like forcibly putting their toes in our mouth. And it was a lot of fun. The match was hilarious. Uh, it, it, it got some great reactions. But afterwards, on the drive home, the only thing open was Denny's. So we stopped at Denny's. And this lady, you know, 
kind of a nice lady, whatever, uh, took her order, brought her food and she sets my plate down and like something falls off, like chicken strip or something falls off the plate. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry about that. I was like, ah, don't worry about it. I've had a grown man's toes in my mouth. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> and she completely phased me. She's like, well, if there's anything else you need, let me know and just walks away. <laughs> Oh, How is that like the first instinct? Just be like, yep, we're doing it. Uh, <laughs> like putting, putting someone's toes in your appendage. Let's go. That's Eddie. <laughs> so the, the reason it was that way is, is we watched their match. The previous month was against Chris Bay and his tag partner. And the four of them went bananas. Like one of those, uh, I can't remember the, the thing you said, but uh, like sprint through it. Like they went all out. And we're watching, we're like, we're not going to be able to do that. We have to do something different and innovative. We're going to we're gonna make them uh, put their feet in our mouth. We're going to suck we got on their toes. <laughs> we, got, we got chance, like, feet forever. Uh, and, uh, feet forever. <laughs> feet forever. Did you, it was, did you also get hand, foot, and mouth disease? <laughs> the, the worst part about the story is that we wrestled them three more times and did it all three times. Oh, <laughs> it's like your, your oh, spot man. now. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it was worth it. I don't know. Lost me at pose. I'm sorry. See, I would hate if you did that and like you hear a little golf clap like, ah, ha, ha, and then you're oh, like, yeah. you get no pop and you just got some guy's toes in your mouth. And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's like the worst feeling of the world anyways when you think you're going to, something's going to kill and it's like, no reaction. Yeah, could you imagine if it's yeah. putting another dude's toe in your mouth? Oh, in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a weird turn. Well, all right, all right. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. What can I say? So we got we got a question. We got Captain Chuckles in the chat. He didn't make it on tonight, but he's in the chat. Um, so well, speaking of being able to go back and undo stuff. Um, time travel. If you could time travel, would you time travel in the DeLorean from Back to the Future or the phone booth from Bill and Ted? DeLorean. 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 I am a huge fan of Back to the Future. Uh, probably my all-time favorite trilogy. And I know that's going to cause a lot of controversy, but I don't care. Not for me. I love it. Nah, yeah, love I'm, it. I'm right there with you. Yeah, no, for sure. No more controversial in eating dry pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the most sane thing you've said all night, actually. Okay, good. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if there's any more questions in the chat before we on. move on to something else. I believe Wrestling with the MA was talking about has there been anyone in your career that you've been surprised that they've uh, gotten over? Anybody that stands out to you maybe that you didn't expect to get to where they are today, but not in the bad terms, obviously. Maybe just somebody who was able to overcome something or get to a point today where they're over now. Yeah, I'll say, I mean, I'll say, you know, this is a guy I came up with um... – Tommaso Ciampa, and, and not for any other reason than just how many injuries. I mean, same. It's funny. The two two guys I'm probably closest to him and him and Ivar, the Viking Raiders. Both of those guys, if you know their story, suffered 
so many injuries, so many career ending situations. Um, I mean, Ivar is out right now, um, you know, with a neck, with neck injury, but those guys have both overcome so much to get to um, the point they're at. And, and, and I say, I say Tommaso just because, I mean, well, you know, he's active right now and he just went through neck surgery and came back and he's now, you know, a linchpin um, on, on the NXT brand for WWE. Like, uh, I think just to see, you know, if you saw him on, he's one of those guys, if you saw him on his first day of wrestling school, you'd never, never have pegged him, you know, um, to be there, but he's also uh, the hardest worker and the most determined human being I've, I've ever met in my life. Bear, what do you got? Um, so I'm sorry, Alex, I was reading. So could you repeat the question again? So is there, is there anybody that you've come up with or you've seen in, in your training or your five years wrestling that you didn't expect to get as far or to get oh, over? Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we always knew Chris Statlander had, she was just naturally talented and just naturally a really good athlete. But a lot of us weren't sure about the alien thing. Uh, we kind of were like, when we, we heard her come up with the idea, we were like, eh, like maybe, I don't know. It was like, well, I was like, all right, maybe try it. You know, and if it fails, like it's just cool that you could say you tried it. And like, we were dead wrong. Like it was. Well, cause like, she is, she is an alien, right? Like that's. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> smart to stop to that, but, you know, but, uh, yeah. So probably like, probably that deal, you know? And then you have MJF where he walks in the first day and we're like, oh, he's going to be a TV star. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting with the Chris Statlander because it's it's betting on yourself sometimes too, right? Like like going all in on whatever you think, you what feels right or whatever you think is not only a character, but it's you. Because I think a lot of times we've, we've talked to a couple different people and the easiest character for them is some version of themselves on Eleven right? Turning themselves up a little bit higher. And that's the character. The character is themselves just a little bit more intense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know if I have anyone that like really surprises me that they, that they made it. Uh, I guess like uh, Anthony Green or August Gray was, uh, was kind of a shock because he's such a goofy kid. Like he came out for, uh, for WCWC a couple times here to Oregon and uh, did a bunch in Vegas with him. Uh, and he's such a weird guy, but like, there's something about him. You're like, yeah, the, I can see this guy making it, but it's, it's still kind of strange to see. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. He was a ref up here. He started as like a 15 year old kid, like ref. And if you saw a picture of him, right. He's kind of, he's kind of fat, kind of gangly. He was such a funny looking kid, but again, he's not, he's another one of those guys that just, uh, he bets on himself works his oh, ass yeah. off he's so determined he wasn't a, i mean that kid is has not been in the business that long and he's had about 75 different gimmicks just because it's like not afraid to try something not afraid yeah, to try something on. new and um and one, one of the good guys too in pro wrestling like uh Definitely. one of the good people 
All right. Vintage Val, do you have any other questions? Because I have one very important question that I have to I ask everybody. I think we everybody. should get to the important question. I, we, yeah. We have to ask the most important question of the night. And as Ricky knows, no other question that we've asked so far matters <laughs> except this question. So, Brian, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Are you a single stuffed Oreo person? Or do you prefer the double stuffed Oreo? Bro, look at me. <laughs> look at me. I mean, you think I'm going to waste my time with single stuffed Oreos? I mean, I mean, you know, give me the double stuffed all, all day. I grew up on double stuffed. I'm a double stuffed guy to this day. Ice cold glass of milk. Let's do it. Glass of milk. Thank you. That Captain Chuckles, a glass of milk, you weirdo. Never dunked his Oreos. Ugh, what? I don't like milk. I, Val, I, I'm not a big milk Val. guy either, but if I, you have Oreos, you got to dunk the Oreos. I don't think I've ever eaten an Oreo not dunked. Why would I want a soggy Oreo? Because they're delicious, Val. <laughs> <laughs> Very simple answer to that question. They're delicious. <laughs> Bear Bronson, single stuff Oreos or double stuff Oreos? Yeah, I mean, if if you have a single stuff, it, it just doesn't feel like right to me. That's just like I feel like it has to be just from being conditioned to double stuff. It just has to be double stuff. That's that's just me. I know I know a lot. Of, there there are it's that's a very polarizing question. Um, but yeah, is it me, really? Yeah, you no, just single stuff. It should yeah, be regular are, stuff than like are, half stuff. There are people that feel like it's too much and then forget about yeah. triple stuff. There are people that there are there are cults against triple stuff. Yep. This this question has basically torn our podcast apart. And and huh. we are ripped at the seams and fighting daily about it. I'm not. The, I'm not fighting. I agree with you. <laughs> I'm a fat girl. So I'm a double stuff know. gal. I don't know about the mega stuff or whatever those giant ones are like because yeah. I think the double stuff is like it's like harmony. It's perfect. It's perfect balance. I also love the chocolate ones, like the chocolate in the in the center. I oh my god, those are so good, too good, dangerously good. <laughs> See for me, I just uh, I just take all the icing off and just eat the cookie part. Oh my god. <laughs> He's I'm kidding. Guy. No, I'm just, I'm joking. <laughs> like, <laughs> wild. Like, My sister like, does that. Is he just like weird. dry things? <laughs> Get this guy out of here. I was like, after that, I'm a double, <laughs> double stuffed all the way. Double stuffed all the way. Take my dry Oreos and put them on my dry pancake and roll them up. <laughs> With my glass of water. A little known fact, Ricky Gibbs just loves to eat like multiple devil dogs without taking a drink for four hours. Sitting <laughs> <laughs> you know? there eating saltines. <laughs> Dry Ricky Gibson. <laughs> oh, geez. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so we've had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to give everybody a little bit of time to put themselves over, tell everybody where they can go find you. Brian, we can start with you. Where can everybody go find you on social media? Yeah, I'm at, uh, at Brian Malonis. You'll see a lot of uh, angry sports rants. So I'm just going to warn you now. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, if you want to buy a t-shirt, brianmalonis.com. Find me on Instagram, uh, brianmalonis.kp. Uh, and then if, uh, if you'd like to just watch me wrestle, I wrestle for Ring of Honor. Uh, check out Ring of Honor TV 
weekly look at your local listings and uh always on the fight network but uh thanks for having me this has been this has been a lot of fun it's been a blast yeah thanks brian we'll go check you out i'll make sure to get all those tags out there we'll tweet you like crazy and i he's will be buying a t-shirt now. He's important i do oh, i am verified I am verified Twitter yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm kind of a big deal, guys. I didn't want to mention it, you know. Well, the garden, <laughs> the yeah, I mean, I've sold out the garden. I'm Twitter verified. <laughs> like, dude, like, I mean, I'm in the presence of royalty here, so. <laughs> How much do we have to pay for the seminar? <laughs> uh, I usually, I usually charge thirty-five. Perfect. Awesome. That fits my budget. Awesome. It's great. All right, so Bear Bronson, where can uh, where can the folks go find you? Other than AEW Dark, which you guys sure. are regulars now, it seems like we're seeing. Oh, uh, we'll see. I don't Bear know. Country out there, stars, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that. But yeah, you could you could find my matches right now on AEW Dark. We had two like counting tonight. There's two of them now. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Bear, uh, Bear Bronson underscore and Twitter at Bear Bronson BC. Uh, you can also find me on Pro Wrestling Tees uh, under, it should just be Bear Bronson. Uh, I should change that to Bear Country, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Because most of the merch is Bear Country merch. But, um, yeah, and, and that's that's all. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was a, ton, this was a blast. Man, this is so much fun. I'd yeah, love to definitely. do I'm looking forward to doing it again. It's a great kickoff so far to uh, yeah. to our fundraiser. And speaking of our fundraiser, Ricky Gibson, one of our alumni from the Bald Monkeys podcast. Obviously now, Brian and, and Bear, you guys are now alumni too. So welcome to the club. We have jackets. We have meetings. Uh, but Ricky, <laughs> tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, uh, I am probably most active on Twitter, uh, at Rockin' Ricky G or at Four Minutes of Heat. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at rockgod underscore uh man i already forgot rock god ricky gibson there's some underscores in there if you just search ricky gibson you'll find me uh, i'm on facebook too but no one uses that anymore i don't think uh and then you can find me at uh, Brainbusters Tees uh and search uh, four minutes of heat you'll find us on there as well uh yeah awesome stuff guys so just a quick tally my tally marker broke so we haven't been able to keep track of the fundraiser, but we are at $86 on night one of the fundraiser. So we are on our way to raising those funds. It is a marathon. Some syrup. So we got to go out, buy Ricky some syrup, and get some syrup on his pancakes, <laughs> sprinkle some. Syrup. Yeah. Everyone mail your syrup to Ricky. <laughs> Ricky, you got a P.O. box, right? You want to mention the P.O. box? I do. I, I posted my P.O. box, and I got some really cool stuff uh, in you the mail. Syrup, uh, some really cool, some really weird stuff. Just, yeah, P.O. box. We, yeah, please give it because if, if I, I, anybody watching this, please send this man some maple syrup. <laughs> uh, P.O. Box 274, uh, Hubbard, Oregon, 97032. Mail me some syrup. I'll do some taste tests online or something. Oh, my God. No <laughs> pancakes. But, yeah, if you, do, if you do taste tests, I just want you to chug the syrup. No, you can't put it on the pancake. I will. Yeah, I know I you will. will. That's what it takes. I know you will. It's super trooper style, you know? Yes. <laughs> I'm down. I'm oh down. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining. Uh, we'll be sure to definitely go check you all out. Uh, I got some new t-shirts coming. 
Uh, hang out after. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll send the stream to be right back screen. But thanks, you guys, for joining. It was a blast having this roundtable. Vintage, Val, thank you guys for hanging out. Um, day one's in the books. Let's take a breather. One of us will be back. Some of us will be back. I'm going to let these guys go. They got other stuff to do. But thank you guys again. Really appreciate it. And uh, go check out the Bald thank Monkeys you. podcast. Thank you. We'll be right back.